Welcome to the roadmap from Auto Finance News. Since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. Um, it is Monday, November 1st. I'm Amanda Harris, and joining me today is Whitney McDonald. This is our weekly wrap on what happened um, in auto finance news uh, last week. So, as always, I want to thank our auto finance news advertisers Dealer Track, Cedar CX, DeFi Solutions, Varix, and Westlake Financial for their continuing support. Our first in some manufacturing news from this morning, uh, supply chain issues continue to linger in October, uh, further lengthening supplier delivery times. Uh, so record long raw materials lead times combined with shortages of critical materials are making it very challenging for manufacturers to keep up with demand in nearly every sector in this according to Bloomberg. Um, and of course we know this obviously impacts the auto industry as well. Uh, so turning to some general automotive news, uh, during the auto finance summit that we held last week, uh, several auto lenders announced their return to office plans uh, following pandemic closures and moving employees to work from home. So Wells Fargo, for one, um, plans to bring employees back starting in January, while U.S. Bank uh, will continue a hybrid model for the foreseeable future and provide a certain end date to that. So right now they're going to continue their hybrid model. Uh, GM Financial also will bring at least some employees back to offices um, on November 15th, so in about two weeks. And then Nissan Motor Acceptance Company, uh, they did start bringing people back in September um, on a very partial basis, uh, but they do have a hybrid model, and they said that that will be in place through the next couple of years, so into 2023, possibly 2024, um, and they have not yet seen a full-scale return of employees. So they only had about 50 coming back in a really big facility. Uh, so very minimal and very certain roles coming back in, which we've kind of seen throughout, um, throughout the industry. Um, even as people come in, they're usually certain roles or they're coming back part-time, a few days in the office, a few days at home for that hybrid model. Um, and some are still fully work from home for the next little bit. So that's where that stands. Um, so speaking of the Auto Finance Summit, uh, we did have a fantastic week last week of networking and industry insights. Um, I did not get to be in Vegas, but I know that it went really well. Um, and of course, Winnie and I were tackling our coverage from where we are, <laughs> um, and we really enjoyed uh, some of the sessions. So some of the big takeaways, just to kind of recap, um, included a deeper look at the continued impacts of the inventory shortage. Uh, changes to come as electric vehicles become more popular, uh, diversity inclusion initiatives, and of course, compliance uh, concerns and changes. Um, all were highlighted in the various sessions over the three-day events. Um, one topic I thought was really interesting that came up and stood out to me um, was this potential change to come in ownership trends. Um, so they did talk a little bit about this possible shift from you know, owning a car being the current mentality. You want a car, you're gonna own that car, you're gonna buy it, you're gonna loan or lease. It's gonna be in your driveway, you use it as you want. It's your car, that kind of thing. That's kind of been the norm, you know, for a long time, especially in places where I live. I live in Sacramento, there's not like a lot of uh, buses and <laughs> trams and things like that where I'm at. So car ownership is still very much the norm. 
Um, but we do know that new transportation types and ownership kind of models are coming online. So there's this potential shift being talked about from ownership to usership in the next decade. So looking at cars as a standpoint of a transportation mode from point A to point B versus owning a car. Um, so it could be things like vehicle subscriptions. You know, that's a short-term option. You subscribe to a vehicle. You may only need a vehicle full-time for a couple months. So you subscribe to one when the, when the couple months are over, you get the vehicle back. That's one thing that we've kind of seen pop up in the industry. Uh, we know Nextcar is one of the, the big suppliers of vehicle subscriptions, but there are others out there as well. And this will kind of heighten a little bit too when electric vehicles become more of a norm because a lot of what people are trying to do is, you know, get consumers to buy in, you know, to the electric and hybrid cars. And one way they can do this is by trying it out with a subscription. Um, so we know that there's been a couple of subscriptions for EVs over the years. Uh, most recently, Hyundai Motor America. Um, they are doing a pilot subscription service specifically for the Kona EV um, in New Jersey. And the thought process there is if it works, well, they will expand that into other markets. Um, but it, you know, it's a way for people to try an EV. Um, people are still, it's new, you know, so people aren't, haven't fully adopted it across the industry. It's still looked at kind of a luxury item, item luxury type market. Um, so it's not yet widespread for people to even really want to, to adopt those. Um, so subscriptions could come online and as more people sign up for those kind of usership type options or rethink how they think about vehicles, um, it could be a potential shift away from car ownership. Um, we're not talking like next year, <laughs> um, but it could be down the road, especially within the next decade. And again, EVs um, and other types of new vehicles will drive that some. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, and then another thing that kind of uh, stood out to us, um, we did hear, you know, of course, inventory was kind of an underlying discussion topic throughout almost the entire summit. Um, we know it's on the minds of everyone, but we heard some different perspectives too that, that show that this is impacting more than maybe, you know, the immediate things that come to mind, like dealership floor plan and things that we've already talked about. Um, so Whitney, I know you, you kind of covered some sessions that talked about supply a little bit. So what stood out to you there? Yeah, so on Friday at the summit, I was following our risk and compliance track. And we had one panel that was discussing um, upcoming residual values um, into next year and, of course, beyond. But um, yeah, those used car residual values are up. They're 4% higher than they were pre-pandemic. And again, it's just because it's leaning on that manufacturing shortages, um, low production, and of course, the chip shortage is continuing and low lease penetration. But one unique factor that they brought up was that rental companies are holding on to their fleets right now. So usually rental car fleets are a pretty good indication as to what's coming to the used market, but those cars are not circulating back into the market right now and rental car fleets are holding tight to those cars and even in a lot of cases competing with dealers at auctions right now. So not only are they not um, contributing to the used market, but they're even kind of taking from the used market just because of those manufacturers aren't providing new cars right now. So this is kind of gonna ca cause a used car shortage over the next couple of years for all used cars, but more specifically for used cars kind of in that 
three-year-old range. So newer used cars are going to be pretty hard to come by. Um, and again, we're just going to be waiting for manufacturing to ramp up for this to hopefully correct itself. But it's looking to be 2023 at the earliest. Um, that was kind of one of the projections that one of our panelists made. But again, it's kind of a guessing game that we heard all throughout the summit. Um, when, are, when is production going to normalize? I think the best answer is we don't know yet, but I think everybody hopes for sooner rather than later. But we're going to be watching the used market just as much as we are watching uh, the new market for um, inventory shortages. That was a really interesting point, too. Just again, another thing that's exasperating the problem, right? <laughs> I know. One other thing I wanted to touch on, too, um, that came up during the summit was uh, diversity inclusion obviously has been, um, you know, a big thing on, on the minds of, of every single company in every single sector right now, um, especially in the last couple of years. Um, auto finance is not an exception to that at all. Um, so we were very blessed to have Michelle Rogers, who is our Chief Information Officer at Exeter Finance, as our keynote speaker um, at the Women in Auto Finance Luncheon during the summit. Uh, she was fantastic, very knowledgeable, um, and gave some really, really good messages. So just to, to highlight some of the things that she talked about, um, obviously she is uh, a woman who is in a leadership position at an auto finance company. So she's kind of experienced having to work her way up. Um, she knows the gaps that still exist in the leadership pipeline. Um, and she was very adamant about the fact that, you know, there is still much more work to be done um, to improve diversity, especially in the leadership roles and especially for, you know, women, um, people of color, just getting those, you know, roles filled um, and, and increasing diversity, especially those like top level leadership positions. That's where some of the biggest gaps still exist. Um, so she, you know, quoting her, she said, even with overall gains, there's still plenty of work to be done to create true equity for women in the workplace, um, which I thought was a really good point to make. Um, and she talks a lot about, you know, the fact that, you know, you know, like not only open the space for, you know, the for those type of people in those leadership positions, but also just making sure that as a leader, you're having, um, you know, a clear vision, you're creating a safe space for your team members to buy into that vision, um, that your team members know and understand what their contributions are personally, they see the value that they bring to the company. I mean, all of that also plays into, um, of course, retaining, recruiting people into those leadership positions. Um, and you know, the company also, Exeter, has um, diversity inclusion program focuses on being stronger together. That was kind of her, her main message, like we're stronger together and that leaders need to show up, listen and learn from the hard conversations they're having with their employees. So they need to not only talk with their employees, but they also need to, you know, listen and, and learn and put those things into place in order for it to actually make a difference. So I, I thought that message is really strong. Um, We've got, the, of course, the full post up if, if y'all want to hear what else she had to say. Um, but it was a really strong Women Auto Finance Luncheon. Um, I didn't get to be there in person to hear it, but I did get to hear it from my computer. Um, and it was really fantastic. So I just wanted to highlight some of the things that were talked about. Um, and then for this week, um, we will be highlighting some more news coming out of that event. Um, you know, we got a lot up last week, but there's still so much. That was, that was highlighted and talked about. So we're really excited to highlight some more of that this week. 
Um, I know we have some capital market information coming out today, um, and then we'll be looking through our sessions too and highlighting some more news bits that came out. So make sure to check out autofinancenews.net uh, to see more of our coverage from the event. And you can check out last week, we did cover earnings as well. So more third quarter earnings went up, Ford Credit, GM Financial, for example, um, and a few others. So you can check out the website to see you know, how those companies did and get an update on third quarter earnings so far. Um, but that will wrap us up for this week. So as always, we wanna hear from you. Um, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of The Roadmap. Um, and please rate the podcast on whichever platform you use to listen. And please follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. And of course, we'll see you online again at autofinancenews.net and here next time.